Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Happy birthday to you. All right, sing it, boy. It's Wes and Walker. Oh, I like that. Okay. Do that again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Happy birthday to you. Is that all right? Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Me and Stevie. Like this. Welcome back, folks. On a Tuesday, we made it through Monday. All right. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is the Wes and Walker Show. Myself with Walker Mail, Josh Fitty Marlowe. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit that like button on the social media. Follow us on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram page, at Wes and Walker on Twitter, at Wes Bryant underscore 72, at Walker Mail and at HTB underscore Josh. We got the new reel put up for you, giving our thoughts a little bit more on Terry Rozier and his legacy and what we thought of that, all put in under a minute and 30. So go on there and check that out. All right, Wes, I have a question because Nas, it ain't hard to tell, comes back. Yes. It's my favorite Nas beat of all time. Really? That and Second Childhood, but that one is my favorite. Okay. I, no, don't really have to think hard about it. That one's it. Uh, but it reminded me of the story you told us last week, mm-hmm. or maybe it was earlier this week, mm-hmm. when you and your kid mm-hmm. were in the car and you were listening to some old rap. Yeah, we played like, Hot or Not 90s rap. Okay, Hot or Not 90s rap, which I love that game. Yeah. I love the idea of playing that game with somebody that is not privy to it because, hello, they weren't alive for about 20 right, years before right, 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 right. it existed. Yeah. Um, I need to know the best like the the time that you were most frustrated with him mm-hmm. where he was saying, no, this is trash. This yeah. is terrible. What's the beat <laughs> or the artist that kept coming up as trash? Um, and what was actually like something you were proud of? Oh, thank God he likes that. beat. Yeah, I got him uh, yesterday. He liked about seven or eight songs that I played uh, yesterday. But today, I mean, just as far as some of the most egregious uh, dislikes. Uh, it ain't hard to tell. He's not. It ain't hard to tell. But uh, the world is yours. That was the one where I was like, Bryce, come on. So he didn't like an nomadic beat. Yeah, he called it trash. Tough. He was like, it's trash. Or he'd be like, it's mid. He'll say trash or mid. <laughs> I'll say it. Every Which day. there's a difference. Yeah. I, I mean, mid is tough. I can't accept that. But yeah. fair enough. A lot of Wu Tang stuff. He thought try. Oh, that was another one too. When he thought Triumph was trash. He no. was like, that's trash. I said, Bryce, this is one of the first million-dollar videos in rap history. He was like, why they pay a million dollars for that? I love it. What was what was an actual, like, okay, now I can accept you? Um, He liked a few songs uh, off Machiavelli. He liked... Um, so he's a Tupac fan. Yeah, he liked a few songs off Machiavelli. He liked a couple... He likes a few uh, Tupac songs. He likes some other ones, too. And he likes uh, DMX stuff. But he likes stuff where guys come in... Hard body, like they come in firing, like um. Well, I mean, DMX is gonna do that. Like, who got the props from uh, Black Moon yesterday? He heard that. He liked that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to see how. Fr- well, I didn't know if there was a song <laughs> where you were like, I can't get over this. Oh, no, I mean, some of so when he does it, I just laugh at it. Some of the stuff that he says because the guy, the people that he likes, all these new artists, I just get on them how the all their music sounds the same. 
they don't really rap. Like, yeah. Yeet. Like, like, please, Dad, get Elmatic off my radio. I want to listen to NBA Youngboy. Yeah, then like, he starts trolling, though, and he talks about Yeet, and he talks about Yeet as top-tier lyricism, and he knows that he's trolling when he <laughs> says that. And I'm like, man, get out of here. Get Nas off. <laughs> Put some Yeet on. I'm like, stop. I want to hear a true artist. All right, Fitty, let's do it, baby. Time for the live wire. Sorry to cut into your airtime, man. Don't kill me, okay? Nineties hot or not. Yeah. Maybe a summer bit we do with, with Bryce. I like that, that idea. That could be good. He, he'd love to come in here and uh, share his opinions on things. Now let's get down to business. Carolina still in search of a head coach and Walkers, where we have been interviewing guys to get good background information on candidates and forcing these guys to take jobs elsewhere, one of those guys is Dave Canales. And Greg Amon, he joined the show yesterday to say that players gravitate towards the leader that Dave Canales is. I think what you see from Dave Canales is just an energy and a positivity that really, I think, helps them when their offense wasn't working well. I mean, there were stretches this year where they weren't a very good offense. They, they never you know, probably had the consistency you want. But I think to, to accept that it was a first-year play caller, a bunch of new pieces coming together, you know, they really hit a stride in December in winning four straight games. Certainly played a great game in the playoffs to beat the Eagles a week ago. You know, not enough to beat the Lions yesterday. But I think, like I said, I think the outlook that he brought to this team, and I think that, I guess you'd say, just the way his positivity can permeate to players that need that and can use that is a good thing, whether it's as a head coach or as a coordinator or as it's been in Seattle as a position coach for whatever it was, 13 years. Energy and positivity that permeates throughout an offense, throughout an organization. Walker, those are two words we haven't said about the Carolina Panthers in a long, long time. You were kind of tying the knot between his connection with Dan Morgan back in Seattle. After Brian Callahan lands in Tennessee, you think Dave Canales is the quiet front runner for this this opening? Front runner is hard to gauge now. It almost felt like Callahan was that guy because he was coming back for a second interview, and it seemed like interest just all across the NFL was starting to... Uh, be ramped up for him. And, of course, that was the case with Tennessee after they announced him the head coach. I think he's one of them. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. It'd be a guesswork at this point. I still think David Tepper wants Ben Johnson above everyone else. It's going to be weird because as long as Detroit keeps winning, then you would think it's going to continue to prolong itself as long as Detroit is in the postseason. Remember, you have a week before the Super Bowl, so it's not – got to wait two more weeks Don't worry, that. they'll be done uh, Sunday night. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> if, if San Francisco has anything to say about it. But, yeah, I would love to have Dave Canales too. Like, I, If Dave Canales, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, I'd be fine with any of these candidates. And I know you, Wes, me and you are starting to like Canales a lot. It is funny to see just how positive this guy is. Have you checked out his Twitter account? I've not. That dude, it, we heard from Travis Wingfield talking about Frank Smith earlier today and how nice of a guy he is. Dave Canales has to be right there. This is his tweet after the loss to Detroit. Congrats to the Lions. What a great team. An unbelievable atmosphere. We shot our shot tonight and came up short. Thank you, Bucks fans, for all the love and support. We're building something special here. Mm. The Canales family is thankful for all of you. Let's get it. Dave Canales also tweeting, let it rip. Go Bucks!" Like, very, very positive dude, which 
you're not feeling it, Fitty? Nope, he's not miserable enough to be my head coach. Yeah, I, I'm kind of over there with Fitty, too, This, man. this is that's not sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, that's a, that's a little much. Hey, this player, is life and death. Look, I don't care how you do it. If you do it that way and the players, they get ready to go win a playoff game for you and you start calling the plays well, it's not like that personality hindered you from playing a good game. So I'm going to let that dude be whoever he is and continue to have the success. I mean, the last thing I would want to see, like last year when the 49ers lost to Philadelphia, I don't want to see Kyle Shanahan tweeting out congratulating Philly and their fans. I don't want to see any of that. So... But no, that, so that's not gonna, no, 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 that's not going to take away from his <laughs> candidacy. Uh, you know, that that's a great trade to have, man. As long as you get the job done, nice, mean, whatever the case, just win, baby, like uh, Al David said. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to play this piece of audio next just because I want to make sure we get to it. Um, so we know that Hubert Davis is a non-cusser. Oh, he, do, yeah. he does not cuss. And uh, which is hard to believe in this day and age, a head coach not coaching at – not cussing out his kids after the game last night Harrison Ingram was asked what word does his head coach use to substitute from saying a four-letter word is there a go-to word fart fart caught me off guard the first time I was here you gotta use it in did, did you guys he'll be like what the fart are you doing I mean, first time, I was like, what are you talking about? Did you guys get it tonight? Uh, we got, yeah. <laughs> we got about 10 of them. And there was one during an early timeout, too. It looked like he may have... Wes, we were talking during the break about how your son was encouraging you to cuss during last night's Wake Forest <laughs> blowout loss to North Carolina. Uh-huh. Do you find yourself using a substitute like the word fart to avoid saying a four-letter word? Um... Yeah, I use substitutes. I wouldn't say fart as one of them, but when I try to make sure I'm not using uh, heavy profanity, I do try to make some subs every now and again. You gotta, yeah, I make a few subs. I'll say crap or yeah, flipping or something like that. What I what I like freaking. One. So a couple of one, Fiddy. I would like you to isolate when Harrison says, "What the fart are you doing?" Oh, you're gonna let me play that as a drop? Yeah, I think it'd be funny. Yeah, I do too. You're forgiven for forgetting the jersey. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that'd be hilarious if you isolated. Here's the problem. Just like some people were out after Dave Canales was a little too positive on Twitter, congratulating the opponent that just beat them. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, if I'm in that locker room <laughs> and I hear any coach say fart consistently to substitute that for the actual word he wants to use, that does nothing for me. I have no clue how those guys continue to play as hard as they do when they go into the locker room and Hubert is mad at them for a lackluster effort in the first half and then uses that substitute. That's going to fire me up. Ain't no way, man. I'm laughing. I couldn't play for North Carolina as much as I'd want to. And the first time I heard that, I was like, coach, I'm going to need something else to amp me up because this ain't it. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. So you're going to love this. My, y- y'all know my mall mall is an, she's an old school Southern mall mall. You know, Roy Williams would say, or frickin' or frackin', so I use that as a very young kid. So, and I can I can get down with that, by the way. It, the fart is just way too out there. Well, my mama would tell me, if you're going to say frickin', you might as well just say mm-hmm. the actual word. Then I did it one time. Yeah. And she was like, nah, make sure you say frickin'. <laughs> <laughs> Always made sure to use the substitutes as well when um, I was a kid. I was a little worried about it. The last, right, we got the last one? Yeah, the last piece of sound I want to play. The last segment we were talking about Bill Belichick maybe going to Atlanta and who their quarterback could be. 
Cam Newton joined Good Morning Football and let it be known there's only one NFL team he'll, he'll, he'd be willing to play for in this stage of his career. First off, let's just put it like this. Can you not do that real not quick? That. Can you just give us the top three teams that you want to go to? Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, it's not even three. It's just really one. Ooh. Me having, you know, a family now, it's always been about family. And I don't see myself leaving Atlanta. So if it's not Atlanta, I don't want to do it. Bill Belichick reunited, and it feels so good. He went from wanting to be the president of the Carolina Panthers to wanting to play quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. It would be kind of fun, though, to see Cam back in the ATL, right? Uh, I will go out and say no, okay? Uh, you hadn't been in the league playing since 2021. The last time we saw you, it didn't look great. And so, uh, but I'm not going to rip him apart for this. I mean, this is Cam just answering a hypothetical question. And I, I think it's capping away because he was just politicking, like you said, to try to be uh, the president of the Carolina Panthers. And I think if David Tepper called him with the bag and told him to come on, like you said, I got five kids. I know Cam is well off, but a bag is a bag when you got babies. And uh, I think that if he were to be offered that position, too, I think he would really want that position. So I think that he would do that as well. But as far as playing goes, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, he was just answering the question. Do you remember when Carmelo Anthony was in the twilight of his career and it was hard for him to find a team that would allow him to start? And LeBron James is saying, hey, this is Carmelo we're talking about, legend of the game. He deserves a spot somewhere. And LeBron had the power to bring him to the Lakers, and it never really happened because LeBron knew damn well, yeah, Carmelo should not be starting for this team either. And so that's why he bounces around until he accepts a role in Portland off of the bench and has a nice little ride. But LeBron didn't want him to start. I think Bill Belichick is LeBron in this scenario, where he's a hey, Cam Newton, loved him, great time here in New England. Oh, okay, cool. Can I start for you, coach, down here in Atlanta? Hmm. Well, nah, I mean, we can go somewhere else. You can go. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere else and, and maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Justin Fields. But but no, Cam, I love you. I, I would I would vouch for you to start somewhere else. Yeah. All right. What you got, Fiddy? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it. I don't know if anybody can hear that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think people just hear UGK's beat going Well, nobody can hardly hear him walking. Who we got coming up on the other side of the break? Nikias Duncan. Yes. Of the Dunker Spot podcast that you can see his work really anywhere you listen to NBA podcasts. He's all over the place. All right. Everything Walker said that. Hornets talk. Terry Rozier trade. On the other side of the break, this is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. think this would be hot or not which one would this be i'm guessing not if he's not a big fan of woo 
or even ODB. This one's tough though. I'm starting like, to figure. I'm not. starting to figure him out as far as what he likes. Like I know if the guys come on the track with a strong command, because like, well, I mean, okay. He like, like Biggie. Is, he like Biggie, ready to die because he said that that's how he came on the track with command. Well, who starts a song hotter than ODB? That's does. What I said, but I think his voice. I think ODB's voice is so kind of high pitch and stuff like that. I don't know if he like out. I'd say he probably says track. <laughs> I'm gonna play it for him today and yeah. see what he thinks. All right, please do, please do. It's the first Mar- song out the box today. Oh, that one's a great one. Yeah. That one. When I first heard that, I thought, "Must be nice." What is this? Oh yeah, Fiddy's still mad. I told you by Sunday you'll have your playlist. Can Fiddy trust you now, though? Bef- <clears throat> before or after y'all lose to the, the Lions? That's one or two to this week. That's what I'm saying. Funny guy. You said the same thing last week. So, actually, I'm superstitious. So, I kind of like that you You want me that. to? Yeah, I want you to keep throwing okay. gas on the flames. Well, how many did we game. end? How many ends? Uh, for those he had about six or seven last week jabs we, we that he took to pregame. Yeah, he had about six or seven jabs he took at me. For those that don't know, Wes, or Fiddy took about seven jabs, as Wes said. There were seven insults about San Francisco losing. Yeah. And Wes didn't say anything in response. He was very focused. One game at a time, type of mentality, but he just kept counting them. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do with all of these, by the <laughs> way, because you're still in focus mode. You're still getting ready for Detroit. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you're going to do anything. Yeah, I'm just going to let everything just keep stacking okay. up. Don't you don't you worry, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. maybe one day it'll just all just come spewing out, all the frustrations for the Brock slander and all that stuff. I'm just, I'm just uh, taking notes right now. All right, so we're, I mean, there's only one way that this ends – positively for you this is correct and so there are a lot of opportunities a couple couple opportunities mm-hmm. for this to i've been to paying dues for a while now okay. <laughs> all right we'll uh <laughs> we'll talk about the terry rogier trade with nikaias duncan hopefully hope to have him on here in just a moment appears on the old man in the three podcast with jj reddick every week also appears on the low post pod with zach Lowe. so hope to have him on in a moment but what were your initial thoughts here with terry rogier being traded the announcement came in earlier today and Wes, I got to tell you, if you watched that game against Minnesota last night, weird game from him in the first half and started to fill it up in the fourth. Where's like, oh, OK, this is a really emotional game. We're close. Carl Anthony Towns going for 60. He was on 81 Kobe watch on the anniversary. So I need to get it together and did. But very weird, like not a part of the offense as much type of first half that he had for the Hornets. yesterday. Well, you would probably think that with them telling him that they were going to do him a solid and send him where he wanted to go, that he probably got the hunch before the news dropped that this was going to happen. He probably came and said, hey, Terry, more than likely, you know, this is going to be the deal. Clifford strikes me as that type of guy where he would probably come and tell him, hey, Terry, you know, this is going to be a situation to where we're probably going to deal. You're not sure yet. So that might have affected uh, his play for sure. But when the news came down, I mean, Terry Rozier has been an integral part of this team uh, pretty much since he got here. And with all of the injuries, especially to LaMelo Ball, like he's been the guy for the Hornets. So he's been holding things down for quite some time. As we talked about, career high in points, career high in assists, career high in field goal percentage. So he's having a career year right now. And he looks like when he's out there playing with joy, he, he's he's enjoying himself, even though the losing isn't great. And I'm sure he's not enjoying that, but you, it doesn't affect his effort. And so, you know, when I saw it today, I, I thought the Hornets were going to make some moves. We thought this was going to be the case last year, but it never happened. So for something to finally go down, you're like, oh, it's happening. So that's the thing. It's more so 
I wouldn't say shock, but it's just more so like, oh, okay, this is this is happening now. They're starting to put things into motion. Well, and another tweet that got people interested in what the Hornets are going to do comes from Woj. I mean, probably 20 minutes after the initial news breaks. And Woj says the Hornets aren't done dealing yet and plan to continue accumulating future assets ahead of the February 8th trade deadline, sources tell ESPN. So I think this does its best to answer the question, how big of a rebuild are we about to go through here? I think you're, all of the conversation that we had about who you protect, it's LaMelo who you protect. I know you can have the fun convo about whether you trade him or not. I don't think they're going to. No. So you protect LaMelo. Brandon Miller's untouchable. Nick Smith Jr. you would like to keep. And you're, not, you're not shopping him, but it would take a, like I would want 125 cents in return if Nick is the dollar and also Mark Williams. Now, Mark is different. I, I'm not going to panic and trade him away after this low back contusion has turned into a back injury. That's not allowing him back, but there's some, there's some real concern there. The fact that Steve Clifford hops on with Kyle Bailey last week and says, yeah, every time that we try to get him ready, there's a setback. He's not very close. I said it to Kyle as we were transitioning yesterday into the Kyle Bailey show. It's like, man, it feels a little Cody Martiny. And, it, and it's not to say that Mark has missed an entire year. It's not that. But right now, we're in this space where we never get any good news. At first, there was this expected timetable of it not taking too long. But then we start to see, okay, now he could come back. He did. Remember, he did return. And it wasn't good. And so he sat back out after like missing a couple of games, comes back, can't really give it a go. And he hadn't played since. And with the big guys having the back injuries, Wes, I have zero clue what's happening there, but it does feel like they're possibly trying to avoid surgery, which by all means you should do. But it's not a good sign that Mark's missed this amount of time, and we don't know when he's coming back. Nah, and especially with backs. You know, I mean, that 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 back pain and those things you don't want to play around with. You don't want to have him have something happen to where it could get Cody Martin okay? Hopefully he's back for this Hornets team sometime soon because he is one of the cornerstones at this point. All right, so we will now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and talk more about the Terry Rozier trade with Nikias Duncan, a part of the Dunker Spot podcast. Also, you can find all of his content on basketballnews.com. Follow him on Twitter. Great NBA follow um, at Nikias NBA. Nikias, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? Hey, we're doing well. We appreciate it. Wanted to get to you to get some of this uh, breakdown on the Terry Rozier trade. Where it comes in earlier, Terry Rozier traded to Miami in exchange for Kyle Lowry, his expiring contract this offseason, a 2027 lottery-protected first that conveys to an unprotected first in 2028. Again, if it does not convey in 2027. Nikias, just what are your initial thoughts after you saw that news come in earlier? And where are you right now? Um, I was a little bit surprised that things moved as quickly as they did, but it is certainly a deal that makes sense for Miami, a team that has built its hat on its defensive reputation, though there's been a little bit of a slide this year, but they needed some scoring. They needed some more scoring. They needed some more self-creation in the room. And Terry Rozier is currently having a career year on that front. So to be able to turn Kyle Lowry's expiring and a far-out first-round pick, which with the way that Miami generally approaches, their team building that's not a team that wants to take. So you would imagine if you're Miami, you're betting that that's going to be, you know, that's going to go in 2027. They're going to be in the 20s or something. To turn it into Terry Rozier, averaging like 22 and 7, I think that's the deal you make 10 out of 10 times. Um, it feels like a solid fit for Miami. 
What about the Charlotte side of things, right? You mentioned the the bet that Miami is making. I think what Charlotte is trying to do is, all right, you have guys that their contracts will be off of the books by the time we get to a 2027 first round pick. We've got some older players on that heat roster. And this thing, a a 14 uh, spot drop, like pretty, pretty big gap, pretty big fall with just one year of that. If it doesn't convey, then it goes to unprotected. Is this a good bet? by the Charlotte Hornets here, Nikias, that, hey, it, you can have Terry, and then we'll get this first-round pick from you guys in return? Um, like, again, the Heat are kind of the organization that you generally don't want to make those kind of bets with. Like, I think back to when Miami traded it, I think 2021st first-round pick as part of Goran Dragic's deal a few years back, and that was a very highly contested, highly talked-about asset, and then the Heat ended up making a deep playoff run that year. It's like, well, never mind on that. <laughs> but, to the book clearing aspect, it does make sense that they feel like they could cash in with Terry Rozier. And with the Kyle Lowry acquisition, like I don't imagine he's going to be there past February. So I don't even think it's fair to, to judge uh, Charlotte's side of the portion yet because I think they're going to move Kyle Lowry elsewhere. And then you kind of see what those assets are going to be in addition to the first-round pick. And so if you're able to clear your books, add some more pick capital, and this is part of a broader plan for Charlotte to clear some of their debt. You know, we'll see what happens with, like, Gordon Hayward in particular. He's another expiring that they may not want to bring back next year. Like, it's nice to see Charlotte kind of shift in this direction to where even if we aren't going to be major free agency players, we at least are going to have some cap space to remake things, to build it around the mellow, build it around Brandon Miller, or we can serve as kind of like an NBA dumping ground to where teams may want to trade some of their unwanted contracts to get more first-round picks in the room, and maybe you can use those picks to continue to build out this core. Nakias Duncan joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on X at Nakias NBA. And Nakias, what should be the next move after this Terry trade? Um, I think next move from here, I, I think you're looking at uh, – my eyes got to go to Gordon Hayward. Like, I think contenders are going to be sniffing around to see what can we do to add to our wing room. Gordon Hayward, when healthy, naturally. There's a guy that can score at all three levels. He's a solid playmaker. Has good positional size defensively. But I think it's going to be clearing out some of those bits. I think that's where they're going to shift their focus to. And with them bringing in Kyle Lowry, we know they're not more than likely not going to buy him out. And they're talking about trying to make another deal to get him. What does that even look like, a, a trade for Kyle Lowry at this point? Um, I would imagine it's going to be looking at teams that could use some point guard help and seeing if you can get like a a multi-year contract, and then pick capital on top of that would be my best guess. Nikaias, so du- sorry, Nikaias, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I'm just trying to think of teams off the top of my head that can maybe use, like, a backup point or, like, a spot starter if you don't expect to close. So, I'll look at those mid-tier playoff teams. Um, hmm, what would be a good landing spot for Kyle? Because, like, immediately, like he's, he's from the Philadelphia area, so, like, that was the first team I thought of. I was like, well, I don't know what the contract situation looked like in Philadelphia uh, to bring him in. But I would imagine that playoff teams are going to circle the wagon to see like what it would take. And maybe that's a way for them to clear that book. Charlotte's able to get another pick or another protect the pick out of that. And I think they kind of keep going that way. Nikias Duncan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So, Nikias, I think most people are kind of uh, going with the BMW approach on who you should keep. Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, and Mark Williams. All those guys. That's the core, and then you figure out everything else after that. What do you think about that core right now? Like, Is that a good starting point for this squad that has you know, not performed up to expectations because of injuries, because of you know, flat out just the roster isn't talented enough? But do you like those three as a building block going towards the future? I do like those three. I would say just looking forward with Charlotte, 
it would be nice if they had one more player in the room that you could trust to get to the rim whenever they want to. Like naturally, Mark Williams as a center, you're going to require a Lamelo or whoever his pick and roll partner is going to be to get him the ball to get those reps in. Brandon Miller learning how to score at the rim in the NBA. We know what kind of a shooter he is. He's getting more comfortable with his pull-ups. If they had someone a little bit more dynamic to threaten the rim, I think you can really round that out. We know what kind of talent LaMelo is. Brandon Miller, again, showcasing some two-level scoring shots. want that to get three levels. Mark Williams, I think, is going to be one of the better interior defenders in the league. And he's, you know, he showed some flashes of the mid-range jumper. Like he, he, has some, he has some juice to him. I do like him. want to see him get back healthy and really put together a run. But I, I like where Charlotte is so far. I think they just need one more piece to really complete that core. Well, and Nikaias, how did it go so poorly this year? I, I, I think I, I forget what the over under was on them. I think it was like thirty something, like low thirties or whatever. And we saw so many of the injuries last year. Where okay, if these guys just don't have that bad of the injury luck, then they can bounce back in a strong way. Well, it, it's come back. The injury luck is still there. Lamelo had more ankle problems, and, and it just feels like it went terribly, terribly wrong once again. Did we? Should we have all always expected it to go this poorly? How much of it can we really attribute to injuries, and how much can we attribute it to man? The roster was just never that great in the first place. Um, I do think it's a little bit of both. Like the injuries certainly don't help. Like you were hoping you would get more of a run from LaMelo. And, like, even in the short time that we've seen him so far, like, it's been helpful to see him have more of an emphasis on getting downhill. I think career high of the shots are coming at the rim this year, most drives for game in his career. So, like, you're starting to see that even if the efficiency wasn't all the way there. But aside from the injuries, like, you did kind of look at the point guard depth in particular. You look at some of the backup wings that you had. I think my biggest surprise as someone that talked about and wrote about Charlotte's defense post-All-Star break last year I just didn't think the defense was going to get off to that kind of start that it did this year, even before all the injuries kicked in. That was probably my biggest disappointment. I figured they would kind of carry that momentum on uh, into this season. And the fact that it's kind of gone back to, like, the Borrego era in terms of the defense, like, that's been kind of a disappointment. So maybe that's going to require some soul-searching. And as Charlotte's starting to make some moves, maybe they try to get some more defensive-minded guys in the room. But it's a mix of both for me. Nikias, is this trade a good indicator that we can trust Mitch Kupchak to make the right moves with him more than likely being gone when this season's done? Uh, I don't know if this, if this one's enough to move the needle on that front. Like, I think if you were pro, give him some more time. I don't think this changed it. And if you were ready for him to get out of here, I, I don't think Lowry in a first and then whatever, you, whatever else you get for Lowry is going to be enough to sway you. Well, and Nikias, just a couple more questions for me. I know, I know part of this that is so attractive for Charlotte is the fact that there's a lot of cap space that they're going to be working with now, especially depending on what happens with Miles Bridges, who also was in trade conversation. If you trade Gordon Hayward, you don't take on future money. They could be dealing with a lot. How valuable is that cap space, though, for Charlotte if uh, this is not considered to be a very strong free agent class? Is this something that can still work out for Charlotte next year? How good sh- uh, should we feel about it? Um, it's something that can still work out. I look at, I, mean, I guess another bad example in this case would be what Detroit has done over the past couple of years. But like the concept, I think, is something that you can rally around for Charlotte to say, okay, we may not be able to be in the running to sign insert superstar here in free agency. However, if you are a playoff team hoping to get into a different tier and you need to clear a contract so you can offer that superstar free agency, say, we are the home for you. Just give us one of those first-round picks or give us one of those young dudes that you're not going to be able to play once you add this guy, and then you can kind of build it out from there. So I think there's some upside to Charlotte using their cap space. Again, as a team that can kind of accept some of those contracts that contenders or playoff teams may not want, 
And that's not always a bad player on, on a bad contract. Those can be good players that just aren't in the plans for that team. So you can still build out a solid roster, get pit capital on top of that. You can kind of shape things around your young core like that. Nikaya's last one for me. I can't get you out of here without talking about that game last night. That was bananas. It was drunk. It was all sorts <laughs> of crazy adjectives. Cat goes for 44 in the first half, ends up with over 60, and they lose. And Minnesota, the number one team in the West, and yeah, I know Anthony Edwards was sick and might not have played, but it's still amazing that that team, with a small ball lineup of P.J. starting at the five, was still able to win because they went on a flurry in the fourth quarter. I just need to hear like just all of your your thoughts on this game spilling out onto the microphone. Like, What in the hell went on last night? How did Charlotte win despite Cat going for over 60? Uh, as someone that was able to catch, like, the fourth quarter of that game live, and then I started watching some. I didn't get through the complete game um, earlier today. I'm still confused, honestly, about how <laughs> I was able to pull that back. I will say, like, the shot-making for Charlotte, particularly when they go small, like, that was a lot of fun last night. And that has been fun in stretches over the past few years when you get P.J. at the five. Like, that's honestly, as we kind of start zoom out to the overall what is Charlotte doing moving forward conversation, I'm really curious to see what P.J. Washington's future is yeah. in Charlotte. Because it felt like the contract negotiations the last couple of years with him, would he get the extension heading into the year? Would he hit restricted free agency? Like, all of that just felt weird, which is – he's a really good multifaceted player. That's interesting to me. But anyway, it was nice to see him as part of that group. Terry Rozier, filling Gap, Nick Smith. I, I've liked the Nick Smith minutes this year. Like, I, he's not there yet as being a consistent, productive NBA player. But, like, the athleticism, he isn't scared of anything. It, it was just a lot of fun. They rode that wave. And Minnesota ultimately just got themselves out of sorts trying to feed Cat, particularly in that third quarter. I think they played him too long. That messed with the rotation plans. And that's how you get so many questions. Like, wait, wait a minute. This is a close game. Why is Cat on the bench with two minutes left? So, like, well, you just played him pretty much through the third quarter and early fourth. He's not going to play 18 minutes straight. So, a lot of miscues from Minnesota, tremendous shot making for Charlotte. It was a whole lot of fun overall. Yeah, I can't believe that ended up being like the fifth biggest storyline for not only just the Hornets, but then we have a new GM with the Carolina Panthers. A 60-point performance and a loss ends up being like block E in this show, <laughs> which is absolutely crazy. That's Nikias Duncan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You've seen him. You've seen him basically every week on the Old Man in the Three podcast with his podcast partner, Stephen Jones. Do a great job talking ball with J.J. Redick. You hear him on the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe. He's everywhere. If you listen to basketball podcasts, you've heard Nikias Duncan probably a thousand times. Nikias, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and thank you all for listening. Boy, I'm sorry for hearing me everywhere. Thanks, Nikai. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good thing. It's a compliment. It, it, please don't apologize for that. Really smart guy. And plus, Nikaias has been coming up through the ranks for so long, man. It's been awesome to see what he's been able to do. And really smart guy that was able to break down that Terry Rozier trade, watching him go to the Miami Heat. Just any real quick thoughts before we move on? What's going on back there? What kind of sound are you playing in the background over there, Fitty? Um, your tickets sounder to give away tickets. Play it again. <laughs> I just reloaded on YouTube. <laughs> I don't even know what you're playing. It's like it's, it's a guy saying tickets, please. Oh, I could. I don't think it was really showing up like that, but I will give the tickets away. I promise you right now. Do you want to go fifth caller, third caller? Which one do you want to go with, Fitty? <clears throat> Let's go third. All right. Seamlessly transitioning into tickets and the last segment of this show. If you are the third caller at 704 570 9610. The third caller will get tickets 
to the Charlotte Hornets game against the Rockets on Friday. They play the Pistons tomorrow. That is not where you're going to go watch basketball. It's going to be at the Spectrum Center on Friday against the Rockets. Third caller, 704-570-9610. One more segment to go on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wrapping up on Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hot or not, Wes, what's he saying? Uh, he probably wouldn't like this. And if you watched Wu-Tang on Hulu, you would know how hard of a time RZA got them, had trying to get them to record this song because a lot of them hated this beat when he first did it. It was like, yo, why you got a, a symphony in here and stuff like that? We're not rapping on that. Ahead of his time. Yeah. Oh, what's crazy, whenever we have the best producers of all time conversation, one, Riz has got an incredible catalog, but also, does he just have the most Let beats be produced that have seen the light of day? I don't know. There's just so many. That's a good one because he did do everybody their first album and he did everybody's first albums. So yeah, I well, mean, and then even what? How many albums did he do even after just their debuts? Yeah, right? his own. Like, just, yeah, because guys, after that initial wave of the first group, when he got everybody established. After that, then guys wanted to go and start working with other producers and stuff. So he do three, four tracks on guys' albums after their first ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then he started doing a lot of his own stuff. And then we know he does the movie scores yep. and all that. I mean, that's a guy that lives in the studio. I think I don't he, know how he finds time to act. No, I was about to say that. That's probably that would have to be. Um, I mean, Dr. Dre's been doing it for a long time. The Abbott. Just how long, but yeah, what what RZA does is incredible. Yeah. All right, enough producer talk. Uh, let's talk about what we're watching tonight. What are you watching tonight, Wes Bryant? Well, Duke and Louisville will get it on in the ACC, but I fully expect Duke to just crash them. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a close game. I think Duke's going to be angry uh, after what happened, so uh, that's what I'll be watching tonight. All right, so, Fiddy, are you going to be watching Duke and Louisville, or are you going to be watching something else? Do we have some different show that we're starting? What's going to be on your television? Um, yes, Duke and Louisville might, might turn on the Knicks and the Nets because guys, it's the second ever rivalry week in the NBA and you got to watch all these great rivalry matchups across the association. So I might put that on. I'm shocked. He said NBA. Did you just clown? You said you were going to watch the NBA and then you clowned the NBA. Yeah. Even if you're going to watch. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as rivalries in the NBA, Kentucky, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, I think they're 15 and three need a win like this to really build an NCAA tournament resume. It's three years before the 14th anniversary of them upsetting number one, Kentucky behind Devin Downey. 
So that, that is a bad man. That's going to be a game. Yeah, that I think be... I'm going to check that out too, man. You see that seven footer Kentucky's got now? Oh yeah. Ooh. You should have go back and listen <laughs> to good. Gary Parrish try to pronounce his name correctly. Was it tough? It was. It took him 15 minutes. Devin Downey was a bad man. That's he was. a great random college basketball player. You know, B.J. McKee is on Wake's uh, coaching staff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that, but mm-hmm. that's cool. But we're Now we're naming random South Carolina basketball players. I wonder players. why they can't win no big games. <laughs> oh, God. Hilarious. <laughs> I did want to ask <laughs> about Duke and how they might bounce back because it's Louisville. You have to bounce back. They have Clemson right after that, though. I Is Duke going to be able to bring back respect in any of these games until North Carolina, or are we just going to have to wait for that battle against the Tar Heels before we really can hop back onto the Blue Devils bandwagon? Well, I mean, that brand is going to always command the respect uh, from people. So you're never just going to be like, oh, Duke is trash or whatever the case may be. Yeah, they got three losses to unranked teams, but at the end of the day, it's still Duke. And we saw what they did last year when everybody counted them out and they came out and had a nice run and was a team that a lot of people considered a dark horse Final Four team when that season ended. I fully expect them to be focused Focus tonight for that loss to have gotten their attention and for them to go on a little run of their own. Um, I did want to bring some breaking news to the attention oh! of our listeners. Uh, Adrian Griffin, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's get you out of here. Fired before we <clears throat> even really reach the halfway point of the season. The Milwaukee Bucks, I'm trying to pull their spot in the standings right now. They're 30 and 13. Milwaukee's the second seed right behind Boston which I think is widely considered the best team in the NBA this year. Milwaukee second at 30 and 13. Adrian Griffin gone, fired, no longer the head coach for Milwaukee. And you barely got to the halfway point of the season. It leads me to believe something else is going on behind closed doors that we don't know about. I think so too. And more than likely, we know the NBA is a star run league. So maybe he's not getting along. Maybe the guys at the top of the roster, Giannis Dame aren't feeling them. Maybe they feel like they need a new voice in that locker room already. Um, Patrick Stores asked me to name another random South Carolina player. I'll give you my favorite one during that Final Four run. How about Chris Silva? Loved me. Okay. Love me some Chris Silva. Protecting the paint. Also, play for the Miami Heat a little bit. So there's your random South Carolina player for Patrick Stores. And, uh, yeah, Adrian Griffin being fired is pretty crazy. You think this is a nice vacancy for your boy James Borrego, Fitty? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) They want to get over the hump and win a second title in four years. He'd be a great hire. Also, the leader of that Final Four South Carolina team, Sindarius Thornwell. Yes, I remember him. Yes, South Carolina. No. Historic Lancaster. Uh-huh. That's right. South Carolina. He was on the 803 before he was on Live PD. Was he on that middle school team that y'all were up 44 to nothing? When no. When said what he said? No, he was a few years behind me. Okay. No. So did he come to you, yeah. for, did he come to you for tips on no. what to do? No, he never showed up in church league, man. Wasn't good enough. Yeah. yeah, that's a different type of league right there, for sure. Uh, you said PD. reminded me of P.J. Dozier, too. Now we're just naming the whole roster for the Final Four Gamecock team. Uh, I saw Gigi Jackson's doing all right he is? Uh, in the league. He's making a little noise. Are you happy to see Gigi play pretty well after saying <laughs> no thank you to the Tar Heels, Fitty? I mean, look, he turned down a great program, a great education to play for an afterthought. Education? SEC program to now make millions <laughs> of dollars to get his ass kicked in Memphis. What education? That one you wish you had.
I'm gonna well, I mean, if I, I wanted to hang ahead. out and eat in the dining hall and not go to class and get credit for it, I guess you're right. All right, that'll do it for... Oh, God, I had one. I know, I know. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. We got to hand the baton off to the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. Keep it right here. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.